faithfulness in giving. Thank you for adhering to the call and your commitment, your participation. It's greatly appreciated tonight. Genesis chapter 3, if you would go there in the Word of God with me. Genesis chapter 3 tonight. There's a song that was sang uh, by, a, by a lady by the name of Colby Kylet. I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name correctly. Uh, but this, um, she did this music video, and I'm not sure how long ago was this, but my wife was telling me uh, she did a reasonably good job on the video. Uh, the lyrics to that song uh, begin to get my attention. Uh, because in that song, I'm just going to read to you an excerpt, not the entire lyrics, but just an excerpt. She sings this verse. She says, get your shopping on at the mall. Max your credit cards. You don't have to choose. Buy it all. Do they like you? Do they like you? Wait a second. Why should you care what they think of you when you're all alone by yourself? Do, they, do you like you? Do you like you? And the entire context of the song simply describes the nature of what we're truly battling with in this generation today, where this generation is so absorbed and sucked into pleasing others who are around them. According to a recent report by, by the Ally Market Research, they say that the global cosmetic industry will generate or has generated close to 380 billion US dollars in 2019 alone. And they expect that amount to balloon to 463.5 billion by 2027. What we are talking about tonight is an is a known issue that no doubt covers a multiple number of problems that we are facing and dealing with in our culture today. You see, the nature of covering up, the nature of covering up roots all the way back from the inception of creation. And I want to preach to you tonight for a few moments sermon I've entitled, The Cover-Up. See, this isn't anything new tonight. Since the fallen nature of men, self-consciousness has become part of our human nature. And in Genesis chapter 3, as we go there in the Word of God, I want you to read verses 7 through 13 with me. It so profoundly describes what I'm speaking about tonight by starting the verse off, it says, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. And 
the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Let's pray. Father, I come tonight. I'm asking that you would speak to our hearts, O oh God. We need your grace. We need you to bring conviction. We need you to encourage and challenge us tonight. We thank you, God, for all you're about to do and all that you would do with the word tonight. I pray, O oh God, remove every distraction, O oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen. So our text narrates tonight the very first reaction, I quote, the very first reaction, the moment they eat the fruit, the Bible says the first thing that happened is the eyes of both husband and wife were opened and they became conscious about their nakedness. Look at Genesis 2, 25. It says, And they were both naked, and the man and his wife were not ashamed. What a contrast. What a clear uh, uh, evidence that something happened the moment they consumed the fruit. That just a few verses ago, they were not ashamed of being naked. But a few verses later, after consuming the fruit, they became aware of who they were. And this is knowledge. But I come to you this evening and I declare to you that this is knowledge that God didn't want them to have. Because He said, do not eat of the fruit because it is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And God saw that it was not necessary for them to have of this fruit, yet their stubbornness, their crave, overpowered God's word. The Bible says now in verse 7, they were ashamed. They sowed thick leaves. They were ashamed and they were aware of their nakedness that it led them to a place where they began to make coverings for them. Their eyes were open. They realized now they are unprotected and they are vulnerable. Now I want to talk to you this evening because I believe that sin in its nature promotes concealing. When sin is given place, it becomes impossible. I say this word very carefully. When sin is given place, it becomes impossible to remain vulnerable to God. Proverbs 28 verses 13. He who covers his sin will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. The fig leaves, beloved, begins to mask who we really are. We have fig leaves that we begin to sow and we put around us. It can be knowledge. You see, this is the problem with knowledge today. This is the problem with overexposure today. We somehow think we know too much or we know better. And that leads us to a place, not that we use that for the good, but in, in more precise terms, it becomes a cover-up so people don't see 
our weaknesses. Knowledge is used as a fig leaf. Wealth is used as a fig Flaunting wealth is a fig leaf. People don't want to be seen for who they are, so they flaunt their wealth, they put fig leaves, and they cover who they truly are. Social media is another fig leaf. Relationships. Somehow we want to be associated with top dogs or we want to be linked with people who have some credibility. We want to be recognized to be with a certain group of people because these can become our fig leaves. It can be what I call the big cover-up. See, self-consciousness is birthed from the innate judge on the inside it is birthed from an heightened awareness for three simple things of by three different elements and number one when self-consciousness is prevalent we always feel we're not good enough there's always the nature of inadequacy and the nature of low self-esteem this has been true you look at this passage they were they were indeed creations of god yet it came to a point after they ate that fruit a little bit of knowledge now there is this reality of who they are and now they have to cover up because they can no longer feel comfortable with their nakedness this births from the spirit of inadequacy this birth from a sense of low of low self-esteem this also comes this sense of self-consciousness where you're so concerned i'm doing the right thing i'm doing this i'm doing that it comes from the nature of feeling like you have disappointed god and you have disappointed people a sense of failure that I feel that they look at me as a failure. It also comes from afraid, the fear of being wrong. Anxiety. And what this spirit does is it causes us to become so aware of who we really are on the inside. You see, they were naked but they didn't see it. They didn't feel anything uncomfortable about. They didn't feel like this is not right or this is not wrong. They didn't feel anything about it, but it's somehow, the moment they consumed the fruit, they became so self-conscious, so self-aware that this is not normal. That what I have on the inside, I must work overtime to cover up so people don't see. Thick leaves. Put on a front. Cover it up. And this started in the beginning of creation. What the, the, the problem we see that is transpiring with young men and young women today, the, 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 the problem that we see transpiring with people around the world today, where everybody is trying to come on camera, on video, looking a certain, you know, to some degree, uh, are putting on a front, but deep down on the inside, they are broken. Deep down on the inside, life is not taking a, a, a fair shot at them. And, and on the outward, they are trying to be, you know, strong on the outward they're trying to pretend like everything is okay because we have somehow become filled with self-conscious the fallen nature of the human being 
I believe, beloved, this was the very first reaction, if you read the Word of God, from consuming. And this is the very epidemic that we see young people involved in, Korean stars involved in, Hollywood stars involved in. The suicide cases are astronomical because everyone is leaving or everyone is living a fake life. Because they're so conscious, they're so filled with self-conscious that they have come to a place where if I am who I am and if people see me for who I really am, they won't like me. And they try so hard to keep it hidden. So what fig leaves do you have tonight? What fig leaves have you sewed together to cover yourself up? Are there areas in your life that you have concealed so well, being distracted with social media, being, you know, constantly, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, bought into all that people are saying, listening to this and listening to that, and, and just, just drowning your mind away from the reality of who you are. Are there areas you have concealed to avoid being known? See, failing to confront the spirit leads us into hiding. The South Korean entertainment industry. I was reading an article that came out. They said that in a year, they had about 30 different K-pop stars who had taken their lives. I believe this was back in 2019. And trying to get to the root of this, I began to read and they say that what happens to much of their suicides is that they come to a place where everyone wants to scrutinize their lives. There's cameras all over. Even if they are hidden, even if they are at home in their own private space, there are cameras that are, you know, directly uh, recording all that they do. They said, we, we seem to come to a place where our lives have no longer uh, privacy. There's no longer, no longer privacy. And it seems like we have to live this beautiful life, fake it, because everybody is watching us. And then they come to a place... One girl made this statement. She said, is there no one out there with a beautiful mind who can embrace people who suffer? And then he went on to say, public entertainers don't have it easy. They have private lives and they are more scrutinized than anyone else and we suffer the kind of pain we cannot even discuss with our family and friends. Can you please ask yourself what kind of person you are before you post a vicious comment online? There is this epidemic that has taken the world years and years ago through all the revolution that has transpired and somehow, somewhere, we have become so good at hiding Adam and Eve hid themselves from God. In Genesis 3, the Bible says in verses 10, I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. They played what we call today hide and seek. 
There was no vulnerability. They had that vulnerability with God before. There was transparency before. There was accountability before. You, you could look at them and God could look down from heaven and God could look upon them and they would just say, this is who I am. But now they are hiding. They have taken matters into their own hands. Their deep awareness of their true condition, the nakedness that God, in, in, you know, in the beginning in Genesis 2, God never saw that a problem, but now they have seen it as a problem. And now they are trying to deal with that because it is embarrassing, it is shameful to simply be who they are. And the devil is playing that same card with us. Satan's ultimate strategy to destroy humanity is a defense mechanism that promotes deception, lies, and pretension. The act of rebellion towards God never allows us, when you rebel, when you go against what God says, when you would, do not, when you would not do the right thing according to what God commands you, it will force you to a place where you're going to have to cover yourself up. It demands that we confront if we are going to be open, if we are going to be vulnerable to God, it will demand that we confront the imperfection if we choose not to confront it we will continue to remain hiding no one will know us for who we are you've heard the term come as you are they have parties that they they would call as come as you are parties but i think it's an oxymoron because human beings do not want to come as they are by our sinful nature, it is more natural for us to be unreal. And so let me give you three human relationships that we find in this passage that is so vital and yet was corrupted because of the fall. And it continues to do the same until today. When we give in to the Spirit, when we open ourselves up to the Spirit, it will affect us. It will affect the people around us and it will ultimately affect God. The first one that it will affect is our relationship or relation to ourselves. We cover up so much. Adam and Eve begin to cover themselves up that we cover up so much to convince ourselves that we're not naked and we're not helpless. We are convincing ourselves in Genesis 3, 7. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. We're so good at self-deception. Everything is okay. I'm good. Everything is fine. And we are so used to just saying it that way, but yet we're covering up with leaves. It can be knowledge. It can be money. It can be relationship. It can be you going deeper into sin and ungodliness because it's a cover-up to yourself. You don't want to face reality. And so the one area that gets tremendously affected this is why korean stars and every other superstar that you read about that takes their life they come to a place where they realize, i cannot live with myself anymore because they've lied to themselves 
They know that deep down inside there is a problem. They know that deep down inside they're not likable. They know that deep down inside they have a hatred. They know that deep down inside they have anger. They know that deep down inside they have bitterness. But they will not confront, deal and bring it out in the open because it's an embarrassment to them. And who does it affect? Themselves. The second, people, the second uh, category is that it affects your relationship with God. In Genesis 3 verses 8, the Bible says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Adam and his wife hid themselves. Just, just read, hid themselves. God is a good God. He is a God of mercy. He is a God of justice. He gave you the garden. He gave all of that. He blessed you. He prospered you. He put you on solid ground. He's a wonderful, gracious, merciful, good God. And what would make a person to hide themselves away from God? Can I say, beloved, when we give in to the Spirit, it is also going to affect our relationship with God. If we don't confront it, if we don't push it aside, our guilt, our guilty conscience will always reject God. We push Him away. I don't want you to do anything in my life. I'm not good enough. I'm useless. I'm a bum. And you look at your own life or you say, you know what, okay, I, I'm going to cover that up. I don't want people to see that. Can I tell you, when you're not real with God, you kill your relationship with God. If you cannot be real with God, you cannot come to Him and say, God, this is, this is what I am. I'm, I'm weak in this area. See, people don't like to confront their sin. They just want to continue doing it. And that's the whole problem with the culture today. Come as you are. What do you mean by come as you are? Don't we believe that God is God who can change a life is the one who we serve and He can change your life? You don't have to live in that sin. But you know what we do? We cover up. We commit a sin, then we pray. And then we pretend to be spiritual. Do you think God has not seen what you've been doing? See, we, we, we think that somehow it's not going to affect us. But why would people want to hide from God? The third thing that it does in Genesis 3.12, look at this. It says, then the man said, the woman whom you gave, to, gave to, to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. You start blaming people. You're, you start affecting relationship with people. You see, I cannot, as an individual, expect to be friends with someone or you be friend with someone who's filled with pretension. He blamed his wife. Turned around, you, you are the problem. She gave it to me and, and, and to avoid being seen as he being the problem, be careful, beloved, listen very carefully to me. Be careful when you hear people constantly blaming others. They blame the government. They blame the politicians. They blame their family. They blame their children. They blame their, uh, their spouse, they blame the church, they blame uh, people who are around them, they blame their co-workers, they blame their colleagues, all in the pretense of not 
addressing their own problems. Can I say it very crassly and honestly tonight? When the crux meets, uh, uh, when the rubber meets the road, the truth be told tonight, we're very good at covering up who we really are. See, you can't change people, but you can make a decision to do otherwise. You can choose what you want to do. You're not under the mercy of anyone. You have to choose. You see, in essence, what am I saying? You destroy your relationship with God. You destroy your relationship with who you are. You can't see yourself anymore. You destroy your relationship with people. That's why people become so self-condemning. I'm a bum. I'm useless. I cannot do anything. Why do they speak like that? Because they have destroyed their own relationship with them. Instead of dealing with the reality of the problem, they ignore it. So we destroy the good because of our own insecurity, inferiority, and pretension that is naturally birthed out of sin. You don't have to teach a man to cover up. They naturally do it. We don't want people to see our flaws. We don't want people to see our weaknesses. It, it, it just gets to us. We don't want people, we want people to think of us highly. And our fallen nature naturally eliminates sincerity and honesty. We become good hiders in our own lives. We're not real. You know, I have been to places. I've seen my wife can also share uh, with the same sentiment. She's been into the banks. She's gone to different... And the moment someone gets over them, they'll be watching some kind of nonsense, immoral. Not, it's not... You know, it's not like they are, they're looking at their bank account, you know, it's private information. No, no, no. They'll be looking at a naked woman. The moment someone comes over, they close it. You know what? Some people are like that. The moment you know someone is looking at... You put it away. It's a huge cover-up. So afraid. Hey... Beloved, if you are so daring to look at it, why are you so afraid when people know what you're looking at? You know why? Because in the innate nature of us, we know it's wrong, but we're doing it because we're trying to mask, we're trying to conceal, we're trying to hide the weaknesses. The discomfort in being real is the result of not being at peace with God. You know why people struggle with being real? Because the first and foremost reality is they are not at peace with God. Genesis 33, 1 through 3. This is a story of a man, Jacob. And the Bible tells us that Jacob lifted his eyes, looked and there Esau was coming. And with him were 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel and the two maidservants. And he put the maidservants and their children in front, Leah and her children behind, and Rachel and Joseph last. Then he crossed over before them and bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. So 
What we're seeing in this passage is Jacob has wronged his brother. We know that he stole. Uh, uh, he didn't steal, but he took Esau's birthright. And later on, we know that the story goes on that Jacob had stolen his brother's first right to the blessing and so on. But as we begin to ponder that, hear me carefully, Jacob is now wanting to make amends with his brother. And what does he do? He doesn't come up front. To meet his brother you know what he does he sends some he sends his wife and his children before and then so Esau is standing from a, and he sees this happening and then he's trying to gauge from a distance how will my brother respond to this and then after he does that he then sends a herd of animals to his brother see the problem beloved is if Jacob was a man he would just go up to his brother and talk to him. He's a wimp. That's why he's doing what he's doing. He's sending in these animals to cover up who he really is. I don't want you to see my weakness. I don't want you to see the fault I did. I don't want you to see that I messed up people. I don't want you to see my failures. I don't want you to see that. I, I want you to have a good impression about me. Why do we... Try so hard to do that because of insecurity, inferiority. See, we have to fix this evening what is broken. Why, why are we like that? Why do we feel so uncomfortable being real? And I cannot speak from the context of self-help and what people say in books and all of that. But I will tell you tonight, if you and I are going to recover from the spirit, where we need to break the spirit of self-consciousness, what needs to be fixed is we need to fix the original state and go back to the original state of how our relationship with God should be. It is going back to the root issue where the problem of us failing to be comfortable with who we are is the result of not being at peace with God. And as He intended it to be, we have to have a healthy relationship with God, which is evident to helping us recover. People pleasers are those who are consumed and bogged down by what others think of them, they don't have an identity of their own. And I've seen this so many times. I sit down and I talk to people. I want to get people's opinion. They will never give you their, they will never share their thoughts because they are afraid of being corrected or rejected. I've been in sessions like that where, you know, can you give me or can you say something? I will shut my mouth because I'm afraid I will be wrong. Where does that come from? That comes from a spirit of fear. A lack of an identity of who they are. They are afraid of being corrected. They are afraid that others will see their weakness or their nakedness as we are looking in the scripture. They enjoy the embracing that comes from faking it. Wow! You're so on fire. Wow, you know so much. We enjoy 
the embracing that comes from there. So what does a relationship with God restore? That's what I'm closing with right here. When your relationship with God is truly restored, I can declare to you, beloved, that through that relationship, number one, you become vulnerable to God. You can be real with someone in your life. You can be open and you can be transparent with God. And this essentially comes from being in right standing with God. You don't need anything else besides the fact that you need to be in right standing with God. When you are in right standing with God, you secondly derive your value from what God says, not what the politician says, not what the TV superstar says, not what so-and-so says, not what the K-pop says, but your value comes. You see, this is where the problem sets, isn't it? We have this idealistic mind in us. That in order for me to be accepted, in order for me to be liked, in order for me to be uh, someone who is uh, uh, technically uh, appreciated by people, then what I must have is I must have money. I must have success. This is the idealism of life. That somehow we make assumptions that it is true, those ideal uh, concepts that only through that we can become accepted and loved and cared for and so on and so forth. And so what do people do? They chase after that. Because their value now doesn't come from God. Their value now comes from the ideal of what the world says is valuable. And the world says that you must have a successful career. The world says you must have a fantastic, you know, education cert. The world says that you must be a person who somehow, you know, rubs shoulders with the top of the, of the line and so on and so forth. And so when people don't have any of that, they feel small. But you see, when you have a right relationship with God, your value comes from God. Colossians chapter 3 verses 1, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. If your relationship with God and you are right with God, your focus will not be on this earth, your focus will be on the things of God. The third thing that happens when you are in right relationship with God is you begin to live to please Him and no one else. You see, this is an ability that we have to overcome what people say about us. That I am pleasing God. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. See, the world places incredible value at what kind of clothes we put on, what kind of brand we put on, what kind of hair we have, or what kind of you know, uh, look we come with. And, and the world puts value on all these things, and idealism attacks our value. You don't have to strive to be like the world god values you for who you are 
And you have to learn to have your relationship with God. When I see people battling insecurity, inferior, the breakdown is not that they need a self-help guru to teach them what to do. They need a right relationship with God. They need to be praying even more. Because it is only in restoration in that relationship that you would find confidence in the God that you serve. Where does your confidence come from tonight? In the New England regions, there is a type of wood known as the tulip poplar. It is sometimes referred as the white wood and occasionally uh, it is called simply tulip. This wood has a very unique capability in that it can imitate other woods that are far more valuable. Some dealers have mistakenly identified pieces of furniture as high-dollar cherry, only to find out later that a very talented finisher had properly, pro properly faked the grain, as it is once referred to. The white wood grain can be taken by a master craftsman and be turned into a wood that imitates a perfect mahogany. It can even serve as a highly possible uh, birch, walnut, cedar, hazel, and even a straight green maple. When the grain is faked, a lesser wood becomes far more valuable in appearance. Because of this change, much more can be served by this particular piece of wood. And that, my friend, is the picture of idealism. If we can fake it, if we can fake who we are, if we can fake our appearance, if we can fake our weaknesses, if we can fake it all, then we have this misconception that people will love us, people will want us, people will appreciate us. And you know what? People who live like that find themselves in the most disappointing state situations of life because they find out the hard lesson that this is not working for me. And you know what they do? They continue masking. They go from one business to another business, one certificate to another certificate, one uh, 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 relationship to another relationship, one marriage to another marriage, and it just goes on and on and on and on. But I challenge you tonight, if you would correct and break your and break uh, fix what is broken and begin to uh, get real before god get comfortable have confidence in the god who's called you i declare to you that it is in that that we find this being the very fallen nature of men can be fixed by a god who is the master craftsman i want you to bow your heads with me